Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. It's a winter episode. It's got solstice vibes. It's got pagany vibes. It's my belated birthday because I was hella sick. Welcome to Genre Junkies. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Sandra. This is Scott and is no joke. Sandra was sick. I got all infected, had to get the antibiotics. It was awful. It was just awful. I'm still kind of flemmy. I'm a little flemmy. <laughs> Um, not sorry so about bad. it. Not so bad, though. I mean, no. it would. It, I mean, listeners, you would have been miserable listening to an and, and I don't a think week I could have talked today. Yeah, yeah. I kind of kind of chatted about this book. Yeah, kind of talked about our book, which is Winterset Hollow by Jonathan Edward Durham. So before we talk about that, Scott, what do you want to share with the class? Okay, what have we been doing? We are partway through the second season of our Flag Means Death. Third season. Is it the third season? Is it the second? No, it's the second season. Fuck. It's only the second season, yeah. Okay. And it's um it's it's lovely. It's As always. Uh, very emotional, but it's lovely. Um, let's see. We, I mean, it's been a while. We watched the horror movie Influencer and found it rather clever. Oh yeah, that was really on Shutter. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was a clever, fun movie. I really liked the ending of that movie. Uh, we watched. We haven't really watched a whole lot because it was the type of sick where like it's just hard to concentrate on anything. Yes. So I didn't really watch a whole lot. Um, I read. Uh, I Who Have Never Known Men, which is an older book, um, absolutely fantastic novella. Um, Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you've heard of it, absolutely brilliant, beautiful. A coworker of mine recommended it to me, and she also likes, you know, kind of effed up books (laughs) like I do. (laughs) And this one's not crazy effed up, but it's bizarre and philosophical and... um, haunting and beautiful and then uh i recommended to her um tender is the flesh and she loved it she did finish it yes loved mm. it uh she's a vegan too so that always helps and <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we're kind of like we've gone back and forth and recommending things and she likes splatterpunk she likes extreme stuff you know like i do and i was like but you ever read exquisite corpse though and she had not Oh. And I was like, okay, I didn't write it. <laughs> I just like it. So don't report me to anybody. And <laughs> just kidding. And of course, um, she liked it a lot, just wow. like I, I did too. And so many of us do with Exquisite Corpse. Um, brutal, but incredible. Getting your trash and enjoy your your getting your dumpster to enjoy your trash oh my god where is my caffeine <laughs> i cannot even speak today so i had to cancel my barbie birthday party which is such a bummer because <sighs> i was so sick i didn't get to go to a cool concert missed out on other like hella fun things it, it just oh my god super disappointing and i get sick on my birthday historically a lot it really has it either you get sick on your birthday or the house floods <laughs> And this has been since I was a kid, too. So Scott and I are saying, like, we're going to celebrate my birthday early. A week early from now on. Yeah. Yeah. And just get ahead of the illness. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then uh, finally, I watched two classic 90s films for the very first time and have maybe the hottest take amongst my friends. This is hard to hear. Frankenstein is a better film than Bram Stoker's Dracula. So he's referring to, of course, the one Francis Ford Coppola directed, the beautiful gothic um, camp masterpiece Which that is, is great. that film. It's great. Yes. Great. And that was a birthday pick of mine. Um, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, you, if you know, you know. And the costumes and the romance and the angst. And it's gorgeous. And that was paired by our friend Neil with Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein that stars Robert De Niro as the creation, which was bizarre. Look, neither <laughs> film is perfect. Um, you know, one has a a one has an actor with a very stilted accent and um, it's when we learned Keanu cannot do accents <laughs> as a people. And uh one has some very interesting highly um highly intelligent lines by Frankenstein's monster. Oh my gosh. All I know is revenge <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Um neither film is perfect, but I thought Frankenstein was a really interesting take on that story and uh, I thought it was very well acted. I have some big deep-seated issues with that adaptation of Frankenstein that I think my girl Mary Shelley would have been rolling over in her grave when that one came out, but um it's also like it doesn't embrace its its camp and it needs to embrace the camp. It needs to embrace the over the toppedness and she does not. <laughs> That's a problem for me. And also, Robert De Niro is just... I can't... It is, a, it is a very interesting choice for <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. If you are have not seen what we're talking about, uh, you should watch it. I mean, you have to see this to believe it. I think it's really it. good. I really do. There's I, things I like about the Kenneth Branagh adaptation, but um, there's... I mean, it's also very kind of up its own bum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say. All right. Are you ready to talk about Winterset Hollow? I am ready. So Winterset Hollow is a little bit of a backlist book, which we do on occasion here on Genre Junkies. We we mostly keep it to the current year um, or maybe like a little bit into last year. But every once in a while, we do a backlist book that just really, really speaks to us. And this has been one that I have just been dying to read and talk about on the show. And this is my birthday. So you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> Everyone has wanted their favorite book to be real, if only for a moment. Everyone has wished to meet their favorite characters, if only for a day. But be careful in that wish, for even a history laid in ink can be repaid in flesh and blood. And reality is far deadlier than fiction, especially on Addington Isle. Winterset Hollow follows a group of friends to the place that inspired their favorite book, a timeless tale about a tribe of animals preparing for their yearly end-of-summer festival. But after a series of shocking discoveries, they find that much of what the world believes to be fiction is actually fact, and that the truth behind their beloved story is darker and more dangerous than they ever imagined. It's Barley Day. And you're invited to the hunt. <laughs> so it's it's like it's kind of like a portal fantasy without the portal. Yeah, no real portal to speak of. Um, first time I've read anything by Jonathan Edward Durham. Um, wow. Okay, should I go first or should you go first? I mean, it it is my birthday. But I don't know. By all means, you can go first. <laughs> 
Um, there was many elements to this book that I felt like they were written for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was very like uh, Mr. Durham and I are just on the same page. And he's like, this one goes out to my girl, Sandra in California. This one's for you. <laughs> um, I found this book to be an absolute page turner. And I have recommended it to a lot of people already. A lot mm. of people. Um, I would love it to have a really beautiful edition of this book. Just like, you know, their tales in the in the novel, uh, in, in the story. Like, they have their little tails all leather-bound and nice and stuff. I would like to have that for this. The animals absolutely captured my heart and my imagination. And when you're a book lover, reading about other book lovers and books that were significant to people, that really resonates too. That always checks boxes. Um, like I said, there's like, yeah, this is end of summer as opposed to, you know, right now we're in the solstice Yuletide era, but it still is like, it, it gave me those vibes, very pagan vibes that I wanted. It made me laugh. It's got a lot of kind of dark humor. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I will have some things to say in the spoiler section for sure, but I really loved this book. So I, I I will say I ended up really loving this book as well. But my experience, uh, this was a good read mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Part of that I think is from expectation why mm-hmm. it didn't 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 hit page turner for me, and that is it is it is truly a horror book. It is. It's it's horror fantasy. I would yeah. say. I mean, it's ba- with some action. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's based in kind of a fantasy idea, and I, I was expecting more of a dark fantasy. Hmm. with you know with those horror elements that you get from that and it's really a horror book with some of those dark fantasy elements and so expectation versus reality i think had a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. and because it falls into many of those horror um slasher's not the right word but Uh that kind of that kind of energy anyway yeah that um you know, the most dangerous yeah. game. <laughs> it took me a while to actually really get gripped by this book. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I could see that for you, but I can also see you. There's a prepper element to this, oh, for which sure. is kind of a secret fascination of yours. There's also, of course, the animal. It was a lot more fun like six years ago. <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, secret fascination of yours, not so secret. Uh-huh. Um, and also the animals. I knew you would love the animals because we're huge animal lovers in this genre junkie's house. I do. I do like the animals. And I uh, know who your favorite animal is. Oh, well, actually. I'm going to guess it in the spoiler section. Yeah, we'll guess it in the spoiler section, but, but I, I'm kind of split con- between two. I know who your favorite is. Okay. I know who your favorite is. I can't pick a favorite. I can't. I love them all so much. Um. But yeah, so this um, this story it has some great action. Um, I felt well written action, really good action. A lot of it, a lot of uh, very high stakes action and as well. Didn't you read this and also listen to it at some points? I did. Um, kind of fifty fifty. The audiobook is read by the author. That's always fun. Which is fun, you know, because you get you kind of get their real idea on their inflection, how they really mm-hmm. meant a thing. Yeah, so that's really fun, and that that's always a neat experience. Um. I enjoyed my time reading it mm-hmm. uh, on paper a little bit more, and I think part of that is just because, again, of yeah. the the setting of the book. Right. Um, 
more more actiony and more actiony bits i prefer to read on paper yeah there's something about yeah that and for me too i mean i don't know and when it's really well written and it's just like it, it moves in a good pace in your head too that's mm-hmm. i mean well written action i think is so important and i think it's really hard to write it is really hard to write in my personal opinion to keep it engaging too um beautiful setting on this book too setting is a character in and of its own in this novel which is which is really fun um i guess i i can say i there was no hate no hate at all but i found the human characters a little bit lacking for me that was my main complaint with the book is that there are some characters there's a couple of characters where you do kind of get like a you feel like who they are yeah and and but there's some other ones that are just that are kind of just there well and you know it's a horror novel so we're gonna need cannon fodder (laughs) of course (laughs) everybody can't be a freaking star some of us have just got to be in the body count Mm -hmm. and that's that's what you do uh thank you for your service (laughs) but there are some of those characters who i couldn't tell you their name and I don't even necessarily. I I, I'm sure that there's probably some some deaths that I forget because maybe they just they didn't hit the same. I don't know. I think they stuck with me, but maybe that's a horror person oh, thing. Some of them definitely did. <laughs> um, yeah. So beautiful, kind of timeless feeling novel too, which is something that it just kind of sets with this like it's like portal fantasy. But like you said, they don't go through a portal, um, but they go to the place mm-hmm. and to. You know, it kind of um, gives me shades of the magicians. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I kind of was feeling like some Winnie the Pooh vibes, some Narnia vibes. The Winnie the Pooh one is actually really strong. It's that's kind of the idea of the book that they were they were reading in a way. Um, it's interesting you bring up uh, that you bring up the magicians. Love Grossman's the magician because yeah. that's that's a perfect that I didn't think about it until you said it. That's a perfect idea of what I meant of kind of what I was expecting versus mm-hmm. what I got. Is the magicians is very much a dark fantasy with some horrific elements and to also it. really funny. Yes, and poignant, terribly funny. You know what's funny is I was thinking about the magicians and we read that those books so long ago, prior to genre junkies. Yeah, those are older now in in the scheme of things and a lot of people love them i like it lives so beautifully in my memory and i wonder if those books would hold up well i reread the first one again a few years ago yeah and i felt like it really did i actually felt it held up better in my mind Mm. i haven't reread the others however and i remember having some complaints with the others but i wonder if um I wonder if maybe I would like them even better uh, upon a reread. Yeah. Might be worth might be worth checking out if I ever find the time. Or a listen. Or a listen. listen. Yeah, yeah, it could be a good travel travel book. Um, so there you have it, guys. I will say for my recommendation, uh, I'm going to go with a pretty... Ooh, this is hard because I think a lot of horror fans would like it. I think a lot of fantasy people would like it, too. Mm-hmm. Um... So it's kind of hard because there is a little bit of a niche audience there, but a wide scope of both horror and fantasy people are going to like it. Yeah. 
Um, it, I'll, I'll hop in real quick because I'm pretty confident in giving this a general appeal. Yeah, I guess that fits. Um, because yeah, there is a niche to it, but it's it's a little bit broader than just that that horror niche. Yeah. Um, going into it, knowing what you're expecting, though, I think is helpful. Yeah. Uh, poignant, beautiful story that I really, really liked a lot. And as I said, I've already recommended it to a lot of people. All right, everybody, go enjoy Winterset Hollow if you haven't yet. There is going to be a small trigger warning at the beginning of the spoiler section. So if you want to hear that, uh, go ahead and listen, and then we'll get into the spoiler content. So just so you can know what you're getting into. And if you've already read this book, please join us for my birthday spoiler section. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies all right so we're gonna start with uh our trigger warning for self-harm yeah i mean obviously it's a horror it's a horror book and so it has you know violence and things like that but in particular there is a couple of scenes of self-harm yeah actually i just want to say i'm always surprised by how on the same page we tend to be on things like we disagree on some things. Right. But um, I actually feel like even though we have different scores for this book, maybe like Mm -hmm. you and I both kind of really agree on some of the major points of this book. And it's interesting. I think it's because we're smart. Yeah. We absorb what the author was intending. And we've been caged together too Too long. long. (laughs) No, um, there's this and this book by the end had its hooks in me so well it has a really powerful message and i and and by about the two-thirds point of the book Mm -hmm. when you start to you start to actually um you start to actually understand the animals yes and really understand their their motivation um that's when i was all in i didn't know who i was rooting for at that point because it's so tragic on both sides okay i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you your favorite character oh right it's clearly the frog chef you know i I think fenwick is that his name uh, fenwick 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 i think fenwick might be my favorite he's so funny but i also really love runner rabbit Oh, Runny. I love Runny. Yeah. Um, but I also, the, I do love Finn. God, and I hate that I do, but I do. And I have a lot of compassion for Bing. I have a lot of compassion for all of them. Yeah. And that's the thing. I felt like what I was missing for for the first part of the book mm-hmm. is I didn't feel for those characters at all. The the animals? The animals. <gasps> I didn't feel for them. I didn't, I didn't really... I mean, I knew that there was pain and I, and there was obviously hints that, you know, there was death and all this stuff, but like, I didn't really know them, Mm. you know, the first point when I'm like, oh, I actually am really starting to care about them was when Fenwick, you know, had his monologue about, you never even thanked me. You never even said that my food was good. Mm. And, and that was, was like, okay, they're, they're real people you know yeah they've they've been used and abused they've been colonized which is a huge huge theme of this book um their land their history their families their community everything has been taken from them their legend their religion basically Mm -hmm. everything has been taken from them and they were forced into servitude and um some of them were tortured yeah and i mean they were all physically emotionally um 
psychologically scarred. And I mean, I just, I could tell, obviously, from the beginning, you know, they start to leave those little hints of what's going to happen. And knowing from the back of the book that, you know, there's going to be a turning of the tables of the tradition of Barley Day. And, you know, there's kind of like, sometimes things live in your in your memory and your nostalgia and oh they seem so nice and then you look deeper at them and it's really ugly and like that's what happens to the humans in this book um i knew obviously that Eamon had a connection because they were really gunning for him but um it was cool to learn that his dad was prepping him for this moment. Yeah, because he's like, you'll get sucked in or something's going to happen. And then he left to go try to finish it all. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that Eamon had a lot of compassion for them by the end. I mean, he was, you know, he still was like, I need to end this. And, you know, but I, I didn't feel like he hated these animals. No. And, and I liked that. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, Finn is so brutal. I mean, I love foxes and I fucking love an anthropomorphic fox. Like, I mean, come on, hint sound. He was so tortured. And, you know, your initial thought towards the end is, you know, he's gone too far and he's, you know. He well, just- like keeping the humans as like, it's really hard to read. I was yeah. really not happy with him, but I'm like, he spent a lifetime in that yeah. abuse. At the same time, like, is is his rage unfounded? No. No, it's not. None of theirs is. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think I think, you know, of course we all want to preach forgiveness and things like that, but they're they're still they're still yeah. um affected by what has happened to them and their families. They're their literally life. the last like surviving four creatures. Yeah. Of, like, their world, basically. Like, that's not something that, like, you just get over. They're not obligated to just move on, forgive and forget. Hell no. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can really feel for Finn, and I don't think that Finn was wrong. Finn was wrong to kill Fenwick. Finn was wrong to kill Fenwick. He, that is, you're right. That is, when he, he turned the table when he turned on his own. Um, And that's kind of, I think, was important because we need to lose that connection a little bit with Mm -hmm. him. Um, You know, like Bing, the Builder Bear, um, I knew you would like him too. Um, I mean, we liked him all, right? Loved him all. But his was a little bit harder because he never, because the way he was treated, he never kind of, um, he never kind of let go. He never knew anything. Yeah. But violence and rage his yeah. entire life. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a baseline to go back to. Right. That's all he's ever known. And the cartoon, watching the cartoon over and over. I know. And his beautiful cave. Like he had a he had a soul and he was an artist. And like there was so much more to him than how he was treated. And it's so unfair. Like the injustice that the animals go through um resonates so strongly. And Runny and I, I just absolutely adore Runny too. God, I love him. I love him and Fenwick's relationship. I found it to be so charming. Some of the best um, dark humor lines were with the two of them. And then the fact that Runny, he feels this responsibility and he self-harms. Mm-hmm. Broke my heart in a million pieces. The first one where you read of, my eyes welled with tears. Yeah, um, I was like, oh no, oh no, Runny. And um, just at the end, he's just tired. He's just tired. And it just... 
shattered my heart. I love animals so much. I love people too, but I love animals so much. And, you know, there's obviously like this mirror that's being held up of what we do, not only to other people, colonization, all of that, but also to the planet, to other living things um, that I found to be so powerful in this book for me. Um, on a lighter note, the boat captain. <laughs> the real the, the the real the real bro in this whole this whole very story funny. he very funny and um you know i you know i love i love a good boat we love, love a good, good boat, boat. and he was like that boat is gonna stay there but he like has his fond farewell to the boat um the boat came back though the boat came the back boat came back the very next day <laughs> um I, <laughs> the boat came back um i appreciate that amen went back to finish things mm -hmm. um i kind of expected amen to die with them though i, was, I kind of i was very torn yeah. if he was or was not but i'm kind of glad that he didn't because i like that he's breaking out of like the family curse a little bit yeah though there's a, there's an interesting point about this book the reason why i kind of i was looking for a payoff on this so this is this is going to be a backhanded compliment mm -hmm. Um, the author is really good at writing that moment of accepting your fate. That moment of... <gasps> yes, because it happens a few times. It happens actually multiple, yeah. multiple times of, okay, well, this is the end. I'm just going to face it. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. The unfortunate thing is that almost every single one of those moments happened to Eamon, yeah. which which made it feel it made it feel repetitive in a way that I felt was going to be like a deliberate choice that was going to have a payoff in the end of him like maybe having a moment like that and going no no I'm going to live you know what I mean or 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 at the end saying okay this really is it and this is the right way to go like I'm I'm not just accepting it I'm happy for it yeah. and it didn't quite pay off so I mean, that said, the author is really good at writing those moments, like really, really good at writing those moments. I totally see what you mean. And and, and I do feel like we get to know um, Eamon pretty well and get to know his character. Um, and, and I appreciate that. I could have used more. I could have used more. Um, I definitely could have used more of Carolyn. And I was yeah. very happy for everything we got, but um, I felt like it was like kind of sparse and spread out. And as kind of like our only um, femme <laughs> in mm -hmm. the book, I really would have appreciated fleshing her out a little bit more. Uh, Mark was very funny though. I appreciated a lot of his humor popping up here mm -hmm. and there. Um, so that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, Carolyn's only real moment to explore her character and her past was her talking about her the mom. books and her mom, which was you know really powerful and 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 like was really affecting. But I wanted more. But I wanted more about her. Yeah. Not in how other people affected her life. I yeah. wanted more about her. Can I say I was really happy they didn't have like a love triangle though? Oh yeah, I, it was really nice to see male female friendship. Yeah. pure friendship no because it's more their friends like, yes yeah and i and that is nice that is nice and they're and they're bonded over these books mm -hmm. and obviously the, all three of them care about each other um so i was happy to not see that because it would have been a very unnecessary thing to throw in like there's already enough going on yeah um I do have to backtrack a minute. I don't think Fenwick got enough love for me. I've talked so much about everybody. Fenwick, um, first of all, we love a frog. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We love a prop. And one that, one that loves to cook and loves food and just wants to be appreciated. Wants to be appreciated. I mean, all of them were, we need, you know, they were perform, they had to perform and all of that stuff. But I mean, like he and, and Runny, they just, they just want a life. And they just like, they've found things, I think, in the human world that have made life tolerable for them. And like, you know, kind of educated, I guess, themselves. Um, And yeah, and and how he did that was through cooking. And just the image of this frog cooking. And his anxiety at the beginning. Oh, he's like, so stressed. He, I mean, he was another character. Like, like he clearly, I think he is the author's favorite character as well. Because mm-hmm. he, he just had so much love from the very beginning. The way he's, like, stressed about, you know, having enough or it's going to be right. and just So the, relatable. Yeah, it really is relatable. <laughs> um, beautiful soul, Fenwick. Beautiful soul. Beautiful soul, all of them. Um. Yeah, this book was just highly enjoyable, a lot of fun, um, poignant, special, important too, but also just really enjoyable. And there's nothing wrong with a little kind of eco terror with kind of, <laughs> you know, there's a joy about turning the tables on us humans a little bit for you know we've we've done some things to our beautiful planet and the other denizens and uh, it's kind of nice to sometimes be like be careful you never know what could happen in the future and um as i always say if the animals rise up we're, we're screwed we're done and we deserve it yeah oh real quick i loved the double cross against finn with the human who like rode in blood you know like if if you're free i'm free Oh, well, we, didn't even talk we should about probably talk about that because yeah. you know who King was. His dad. That's his dad. Yeah. That was not expected. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I didn't see that coming, knowing that they were they were men turned into dogs. That been, I mean, like, yeah. basically, I don't know why I didn't see that coming. But yeah, that was... Yeah. That was powerful. They're turned into, humans turned into hunting hounds, fox hunting hounds, which I don't like for the fox, of course, and or the dogs, because a lot of times I think historically they were not treated well and, you know, treated like how they are in, in the story and stuff too. And, you know, it was kind of, un- it was very uncomfy. It was very uncomfy to read how they were and how they're treated. But, um, y- yeah, but putting on the windbreaker and kind of tricking him because um, Finnegan Fox is very, very smart and cunning. And you can't just easily trick him. So he had to use the haze, the environment, the smoke was really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to, yeah, it was kind of fun to see him use like his prepper training and like the sap and, you know, different things that it's like, damn, it was really weird and not okay how you were raised. But look at you go. <laughs> but it paid off in the end. <laughs> look at you go. Um, I also wanted to say that I loved reading about the grounds and I loved picturing this island and I loved picturing the house. Oh, I want to go there. I just, it sounds incredible and breathtaking. And then the trophy room, because you already see his hunting trophies and you're like, like, gross. Bedroom. Yeah. And where all of their family and all of their community are. Are just dead and stuffed around. And how poetic they stuffed him. Yep. The mother ever. I'm glad they did it. I hate him. I hate him too. I hate him so much. And like he has his his letter about how he was born a king and he'll die a king or whatever. That oh, is. so like, disgusting. It's like, what? Am I supposed to have sympathy for you? That's like how those 
people in history and well there's ones running around today but that's like how they were like they just found themselves to be so righteous and then the idea of him throwing these lavish parties and the poor animals having to be the entertainment and and to make the food (laughs) all these it's just awful oh what an awful awful man and i'm so glad the legacy has come to an end on on adding denial i just i think that the book would have been stronger for me Mm -hmm. if those moments those moments of of realization of you know what happened what was in his bedroom Uh was earlier and so just feeling like this 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 tear between their righteous anger and and the humans, you know, will to survive and a little bit of the, you know, father's 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 kind sins of, of the father. Yeah, sins yeah. of the kind of kind of uh dilemma. I think it would have made for a more powerful, more investing story, um, if that was not saved toward for the end. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what are we scoring this out of? Oh, it's so hard to say. There's there's so many juicy, juicy little tidbits. Um. Oh, spitballing obsidian knives. Ooh, I was gonna say arrows. Arrows. Okay, yeah. But How- obsidian knives is nice. Obsidian knives. All right. How many obsidian knives? Um. Well, based on what I had just said about wishing that that there was more to invest me in both sides earlier on, I'm giving this a three out of five obsidian knives. I really left this book loving it. Mm-hmm. I loved the messaging. I loved the themes of colonization and the pain and mm-hmm. horror that, that that it causes. Um. I think it's a really good book, and I think that people should definitely read it. Um. It just, it didn't scratch the itches that um, I was expecting it to. Five knives out of five. Wow. Five fox-made family heirloom knives out of five. And I think I covered it all pretty well, but it um, it touched me emotionally. Yeah. And other times when I found some things lacking, I would have, you know, kind of scored this a, little, a tiny bit lower or a half a knife. But because of how much it emotionally affected me and I loved the animals so, so much and what they had to say, I must go five knives. Five knives at Freddy's. okay everybody thank you so much for joining us so you know what this means the next episode is going to be our year end episode yep and uh you know there's not as many books this year as there's been in the past so we're gonna work on that we're gonna work on that uh we have we'll have some some news and commitments in our next episode but all right everybody thank you so much for joining us i'm sandra i'm scott please keep reading past your bedtime (laughs) 